All right, so when we record this episode, we have officially wrapped up Switch for the year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, so our 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 last Switch was yesterday, and um, now we're going into our summer break. And so, I had a conversation with um a few of our seniors um a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it was kind of like hitting them with like, "Are you excited? You know, like trying to like, 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 are you pumped? Like." graduation's finally here high school's over you're going into college like <clears throat> you gotta be jacked right and then and one of them was like oh my gosh yes like i i'm so ready like i, I just like i want to be there tomorrow like i'm just i'm so done like he was like i did my time i did my time i paid my penance like i am yeah. ready <laughs> to be out of high school <clears throat> on to college i right. am so stoked like <clears throat> i mean he was so full of like excitement and joy and passion. And it's like, it was just so cool. It was really cool to see like, you know, one chapter of life is coming to a close and you've got a new one coming and you're just full of nothing but like joy and hope and excitement. And then I had another conversation with another student. I mean, just within moments of each other. And I asked her, I was like, are you excited? She's like, I mean, not really. Like, I'm sad. Like, like this is, it's like over. Like, got friends going to college at different places. Like, like just no real excitement. Just a lot of sadness. Yeah. Um, and it got me thinking. Like, <clears throat> it's so interesting how when when one chapter of life is closing and a new one is starting, the way we managed the before has such a massive impact on the next Mm -hmm. Hmm. that uh, it just, it got me thinking like, man, I was like looking back at my life and at the times in my life where I feel like I could see, you know, kind of a chapter coming to its close, a new one starting. I I feel like always, at least at this moment, all the moments I can remember, my level of joy and excitement and anticipation for what was next was directly correlated to how well I did my job in the previous one. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think, um, like, like what does it look like you think to get the most out of like a chapter of life? Like how do we go about being the first person, not the second person of where we're, we don't like, we're not super sad or we're not stuck on the fact that like we're losing something that we can't see the joy of what is. We're going to see the front and what's in front of us. And we're excited about what's next. Yeah. Um, anyways, it's kind of a terrible question, but it just got me thinking like, I, I feel like there's something in that. There's something yeah. in being able to finish one season to start the next and stuff like that. So thoughts. So um, the first thing that kind of pops in my mind is like the idea of, I might be quoting the scripture wrong. And I can't actually remember where it's at off the top of my head. But like the like work is unto the father kind of scripture. Uh, and I, I try to have that mentality in seasons. Like even whenever things aren't necessarily, I don't feel like I'm in the right place. Or not not necessarily that I'm not in the right place. But maybe I'm not in like the the end goal place. Maybe I'm not, you know, where I want to be whenever I'm 30. Um, but like I'm where I'm at right now. Or like, you know, whatever it is. And, and <clears throat> I think spending 
the time in this season, even though you know the season's temporary, if you spend the time in the season as if it is permanent, like you were putting the work, putting the work in, I hate that phrase, but like you are, you are like putting the work in, like you are um, putting the intention. That's what I, I like that word better. If you're putting the intentionality into this season, like it is permanent, like, like you are going to be here for a long time, even though you know that it's temporary. Uh, I feel like that oftentimes help, helps you close that season out. It sets you up better for the next season, I guess. No, that makes sense. <laughs> I think there's something in the... <clears throat> I think... Especially, like, early on in life, like, when like when you're younger, like, your, your teens, your 20s, your 30s, I feel like so much about life is really just gathering new experiences and... Mm-hmm. Um, taking on challenges and, and, you know, taking risks. You know, you've got still so much life ahead of you that it's <clears throat> like a big part of who you are. And it seems like the older you get, the harder and harder it becomes to take those risks. And, man, it really seems to me like the things that you, the things you said no to because you were afraid of them almost always seem to be the things that haunt you. Mm. <clears throat> and, after talking to the two students, I'm thinking about like, I can almost guarantee you one of them shot the shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, I know they did. And the other one, um, I don't know the other one as well, but like the other one, I would wager to bet that there were probably a lot of things that now that senior year has come to its end, you're looking back and you're kind of wishing like, man, I wish I would have tried that club out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I would have gone to that dance. I wish I would have, you know, went to that pep rally or, or, or insert thing. Yeah. It, it it seems like the things that you make excuses for not trying to do almost always wind up being the things that wind up haunting you, especially if like your chief motivation is like, well, I don't, I'm afraid of it or I don't, yeah. I don't want to make a mistake or things like that. I guess, I guess my question is like, like how do you not how do you not let win or fear win out over opportunities in front of you? Like obviously you can't take every opportunity, but generally speaking, like if there's a new experience to be had in front of you, why is it so hard sometimes to just try the new scary thing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think we talked about this before um <laughs> in the in, in one of the podcasts about like um like for for me and and personality types that are similar to me, I've recognized that like the imperfections that come with the try um, are associated as identifiers. So like if I went to the dance and I didn't dance good, then I'm an idiot. Why did I do that kind of a thing? And then that kind of being like like the mantle that I wear, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, so for me. Um, it, the reason why, because like, I've, I've like when I was a kid, I was like diagnosed with anxiety. Um, it's I've never had like real bad panic attacks or anything, but it's just like something that's kind of like constantly been there, uh, and it's definitely kept me from stepping into things before. And what I found is, um, like the best way I can describe it is like you talk about having like butterflies in your stomach. So for me, it's like having like wasps in my stomach is the best way I can describe it. Like oh my that's, gosh. that's 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 like just like take it like that's the best way I can describe it. And the, the best way I found to manage it is to not let the wasps settle long enough to build a hive. 
or to build a nest. Oh, that's right? good. And so um, anytime I can do something that I know is making me nervous, like I can feel it, like it's it's coming up, like it's, it's making me nervous, I can feel it in my stomach, but I know that I'm not letting them like rest. I'm not, I'm not letting them build a nest. So if I go months and months and months without doing something that stirs it up, then in my head at least, they've built like this giant, like colony inside my stomach. And then the next time I go to do something that's scary, my anxiety is like 10 times as bad because I've like let them like in my head, like that's how I've kind of thought of it. Like I let them like kind of build and like thrive. And so sometimes I think um, the reason why we let fear went out is just because maybe it's been a long time since we've done something that's uncomfortable. So I think a lot of times that first step is way scarier than the next 10 will be. Um, but I know like for me, so like I've only preached three sermons, uh, but I preached my third one last night and I cannot tell you how, like, like I just, I still just get like terrified. Like before I'm going up there, like I just, I'm kind of locked up all day. I'm really quiet. I, I notice I can't really carry on conversations. I can't really, I tried to have like three conversations last night, like before, uh, I went up there and I felt so bad because I just couldn't like engage. Like people were telling me what they were and I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. It doesn't seem like I care. I really do. I just can't. Um, but like, it's not, even though it's like scary, like it's not as scary as like the first couple of times I played drums here. And it's because like I, I feel like I've I've done enough things that made me uncomfortable for long enough where like, yeah, the anxiety still exists, it's still there, but it's small now. Um but what I've I, I think the fear behind it is that I'm gonna I'm gonna get up there, I'm gonna do bad enough where everyone knows like I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna do bad enough where I'll find out that the thing that I think is my calling, the thing that I think I'm supposed to do isn't my calling. And it's obvious to everyone and me in one moment. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, the way that I balance that out is I think about like, what if I never do step up there? Mm. And that fear has to win out over the fear of actually doing the thing. Good. And so yeah, if I, so if I never step up there, if I never step into the thing that I think I'm called to do, if I never actually find out, um, then what, like then what I'm going to be thinking about that. And it's kind of like what you were saying just then with like the high school students, like there's so many things that they said no to cause they were scared. And, like, that fear for me is scarier than anything else currently in my life. And I hope uh, that I can always balance that and that fear can always be scarier for me. I love that, man. There was so much. I love the illustration of not letting the wasp build a hive. Mm -hmm. I I, I personally think um, I think one of the best things in the world to do with your like with yourself is realize how powerful and how haunting what if is. Yeah. <clears throat> like, man, like getting to the end of one chapter of life with nothing but what ifs mm-hmm. is so haunting. Cause you can't do anything about them. The the moments were gone. You missed them. The, you know, the, the, yeah. the uh, you still got an awesome future in front of you, but it's so hard to step in your future now. Because now on the backside, hindsight being 2020, you can see the potential of what all those things could have been. Yeah. But you just said no to. And, man, I, I am an over-activator with most things. I usually wind up getting myself in things. I fully underestimated how hard they were going to be to start or sustain. 
And, and for me, part of it is like, I'm so scared of the what if. Like yeah. I've, I have them. I've seen them. I've been in them, dude. And I don't like them. They, they haunt me. And that what if drives me to say yes to things that are outside my comfort zone or maybe aren't more intuitive or more natural to me as a wiring, but like, I just, I'm out. Like I, I don't, I don't want to be looking back at 30 at 40 at 50 at 60 wishing that in that last chapter of life, I would have done the thing that I'd caught myself out of or was scared to do on this side. And the thing that's interesting to me is there's the power of the, what's the worst that could happen. Mm. Like, like I, I, man, one of the best things like uh, our lead pastor Jared does to me when I I don't want to do something I feel like I should maybe do, but I'm I'm really just scared of it. Is okay. He'll play out to me the worst case scenario. Like what is the actual worst that could happen? And so then I you know I I try to create the scariest, most terrifying picture imaginable. Uh, like dragon comes out the floor and you know swallows mm-hmm. me whole. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but when I do like a, a legit worst case scenario, you know what I always find? I'll still be here. Yeah. Tomorrow will still happen. The sun will still go up. People will still live their lives. And man, there is something so freeing and realizing that even in the new adventure I'm going to tackle, I'm still here. Yeah. Like, like the worst that could happen. I, st- I still got tomorrow, you know, like I, I it's, it'll be okay if the new thing I start doesn't work. And we tell ourselves that it won't be, but the truth is, is in almost every single scenario you can think of, if you play the worst case scenario out, like you come back yeah, and you can do it all over again. And then when you add to that, if you have any kind of healthy community at all, you're probably not doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause you got family who like care about you. They're gonna help you carry it. Like, okay, play the worst case scenario. You're still not alone. Yeah. So people that love you, so people that care about you, which is one of the reasons why obviously I love the local church. Because you can find that community. Like, even your worst-case scenario, here's going to have people and friends and family and pastors and leaders and and folks in your life that are going to be there for you. Even if all the things fail, all the house and the cards crumble, you're still going to be here. And for me, that's the thing. Like, like for our high school students, but I would say this for anybody today that wants to start something new, like, if you'd have played the worst case scenario, you would have found out that if you joined that club and they didn't like you, you'd have been okay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you'd have joined that sport and you weren't good at it, some would have still came up. You'd have still been fine. If you start that business and it fails, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, you might lose some money. You'd still be here though. Yep. And, and the truth is, it's like being in America, it's very hard to legitimately starve. Yeah. If any kind of decision-making capacity, you can generally speaking, find a place to eat. Mm. Uh, and if you can't, Come find us at thirteen oh two South York Street. We got you covered. Yeah, but like it's but and so now you do. Now you have a place you can find food. Yeah, like it's just not like the worst case scenarios still find you in places where you can find support and help. Um, so I think that is a super powerful way when we're looking at the decisions we make in a present chapter of life is play that thing out and ask yourself what's the worst that could happen. And I, I would wager to bet nine ten times you get to the end of that thing and you're still here. Yeah, which means tomorrow's still there. Which means there's still a chance for God to do something really cool. When uh, when's a time that you guys have had where you felt like you really stepped? Like, what's the scariest thing that you think you guys have done that like paid off on the back end? 
It's a great question. Or it doesn't have to be what's the scariest. It can be what was the like the last time, or what was like a time, or something. I didn't. I didn't mean to like zone it into no, you're fine. scariest. I almost want to take that same question. Be like, what, what are some things, what are some things that when you got to the end of one chapter, you found yourself what ifing? Mm. For me, for some reason, that one feels yeah. way more vulnerable. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like so, just like, so speaking of the what ifs those teenagers had, like, what are some what ifs for you? What are yeah. some moments you, you uh, didn't take the step? You knew you should or whatever, and it cost you. Do you want to ask that, or do you want me to ask that? Oh, you can ask that. I, sorry, I didn't realize you were. You're fine. I didn't realize I was. <laughs> so one of my pet peeves on um, podcasts and stuff that I listen to is a lot of times it feels like these can be kind of those people, them, those moments, and not so much like us in our moments. Yeah. So I'm talking about two conversations, how it's students about getting to like one chapter of life. One of them was like, man, I just, I'm not really excited and, you know, got these what ifs or whatever, which made me curious, like, what are the, what are some what ifs for you? Like in your, in your life, like what, what are some things that you're like, you got to the end of a chapter and you had some strong what ifs, like, man, what if I would have blank? So mine probably it kind of feels small, but I think it's, it's actually it was actually like the driving force uh, for me to when I was given the opportunity to start playing drums here. I think like this was the thing I kept coming back to that I knew I didn't want to feel again. And so um, when I was in elementary school, I played basketball on the basketball team uh, from like fourth to sixth grade, and like I was actually getting pretty decent at it. Like I, I had some good handles. The coach really liked me. He was, like, working with me and stuff. And, uh, like, I wasn't – I definitely wasn't the best on the team. But, like, I, I was, like, six-man kind of guy. And, like, the coach thought I had, like, some potential as far as just, like, you know, as much potential as, like, a short dude like me can have. But <laughs> um, one of the things that, that like, would happen, though, is every time a game would happen, uh, I would end up sick on the bench, um, like, either throwing up or just, like – just like terrified and then when i get out into the game i would just freeze it would just freeze up and mm -hmm. uh the coach kind of understood that uh because he was actually my coach in fifth grade 
And I think he was trying to like work me through that. And I was getting kind of better towards the end of fifth grade. And then our coaches switched by the time I got to sixth grade. And because like the coach didn't really know me and like I, you know, he didn't really have like the two, past two years of me to like work with me. And he was just kind of stepping into a role. Like obviously he just wanted to do the best he could with what he had. And so I um, remember that sixth grade year, like, like we didn't really have those conversations and like all he saw me do was just freeze up on the court a million times. And uh, I remember like my seventh grade year, I just decided like I'm not gonna play basketball anymore. Uh, just not my thing, I guess. And I picked up playing drums that year. And then like two years later, I think it was two years later, I start coming to switch. And then like, uh, Taylor Goodman, who is my friend, he's playing drums here. He needed me to fill in for him one night at Switch. And, like, I was so scared to do it. And I almost turned it down. And I remember, like, I remember that moment. Like, I, I thought back and I was like, no, this can be my moment where I don't freeze up. Like, this can be the moment where I can step up and I can actually do something. And on the back end, I can be, like, proud of myself for, like, having worked through it. And I, th- I think that actually set the pace for, like, a lot of other dominoes to fall uh, in my life. So. <laughs> Yeah, so that's dope. Um, so I'm gonna go like I I I like your answer a lot. It's probably more hopeful than what I was gonna give. I was thinking legit like what are some what ifs you didn't do? Oh, I just want, like yeah. it's like I I was thinking through like <clears throat> can I tell you like one of my biggest what ifs? One of my biggest what ifs are like man, what would have happened if I would have taken high school seriously? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> like for me, like the one that like, I, it's not to say that like I'm haunt. I mean, like, well, I mean, I am absolutely profoundly haunted by my past, but <laughs> it's not to say that it is like, I, I don't like, I'm not beating myself up for it. You only know what you, you know now, but it, it was the first time that for me, I, I remember getting to the end of it and realizing like, man, I, I really could have, I, I could have healed instead of hurt, you know, like I, yeah. I could have, I could have helped people like. And like I said, there's lots of reasons that I didn't, but like, I, I, it is like, for me, like I, I resonated with the second student so much because I was like, I remember being there. Like, I remember getting to the end of high school. I may not even graduate high school because like I was in state's custody and we lost some of my transcripts and it was going to mean like I was going to go to like a fifth year of high school and I wasn't going to do that. And I remember just thinking through like now I'm like, man, what would have happened if I would have just done the homework. Like, I'm not stupid. Like, I had the mm-hmm. capacity. I just had zero drive, yeah. zero work ethic, no study desire. So I just, I just kind of fumbled through school just being yeah. and trying to be, like, part of culture and, and just kind of, like, an extension of what the school was and just sports and stuff. But, like, if I really would have taken the time to maximize my potential – I'd be curious to see like how many lessons I had to learn the hard way in my early twenties would I not have had to learn, mm. you know, like how, how like where would I be at today had I, I figured all those things out? Um, and so for me, like a what if that was like that that would be it for me. It's like man, I wonder what if what that would be my what if like in high school, like what what if I would have what if I would have taken that seriously? But now what that does it drives me, you know that that one was like a, a like a pretty significant sting. So for me now it's like. I wish I would have been what you were able to do. Like I wish I would have, I would have done that. I would have faced my moment, owned my moment, and owned, like you know stepped up to it. But now it drives me for all the what ifs to go for the future. Like that's how I know. Yeah. Like I know how much what ifs haunt me because of the way that one. Like it just chased me forever. I'm good with it now. Yeah. But it was like it took me a while to get over that one. Yeah. So I, 
in my head, it's kind of a medium ground between the two of your what ifs. Yeah. My what if that one of the many that came to my mind uh, was I, I've had cool opportunities to be into some really, really interesting rooms um, in the world of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, before I was at the brick, I, I was a tra- like my job was being a full-time musician, traveling, doing shows, doing gigs, stuff like that. And I was, uh, in this one particular season of life, I was involved. Um, and I had, I, I remember distinctively, I remember, um, sitting at the end of this very, like, like almost like cartoon style, super long black table. And I was sitting by myself at the end of the table and at the other way across the room on the other side was representative producers for these, for this, these different representatives, mm-hmm. uh, these different, these different labels, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Um, I won't go into detail about it, but, um, they had an image of what they wanted me to be, mm-hmm. what they wanted me to sound like and the, what, uh, and what they wanted me to act like. Um, I was in the moment I was open to the sound. I was open to the look, but I, what the, 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 the compromising thing was the act. Mm. It, 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 um, pretty much a hundred percent went against everything that I believed and that I, that was me. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was like sacrificing Trev to become the character they want me to play. Yeah. And there is there, he, like he would be suppressed and gone and what would be left would be this like ghost remnant of who I once was, but I'm living in a falsity of this image that was created or, or, or created for me. And I stepped into, right. And so I remember sitting at that table and being like, there's decisions I have to make in just in this conversation. And then I'm going to walk out of here and I'm going to have to make decisions. And the decision that I left with was like, do you want to step into this realm of quote unquote success or do you want to stay true to what you feel like you're called to do? Mm. And you can play the what ifs of like, what if I, and so, so obviously I'm here. So I chose my, what I felt like I was called to do. And mm-hmm. this, the th- this thing like definitely like compromised, com- compromise that. Mm-hmm. So like my what if was like, what if I would have played the part? Yeah. What if I would have stepped into that? And so at this stage in life, I can recognize that the human that I was walking into my story starting at, at Muskogee mm-hmm. in, at the brick I, and, and who I was and how I was and what I was going through, et cetera. I recognized that that, the image that they tried to get me to step into would have been my demise. Yeah. So I may have had my shiny moment of like the, sh- the star blows up and it's beautiful and it's bright and it's cool. And everybody's talking about it, but it like the flash ends relatively quick. Yeah. So what I recognize is that the, my, what if was like, I probably, I was on the, a pretty good trajectory to have a lot of success. If I would have played, the part and, and, and played into what they wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, 
don't even hold them hold it against them or anything. They're selling a product, and I was the product, mm-hmm. and they needed a, a role out of it, kind of thing. But for me, we're you know we're we're humans and complicated, so that what if had a whole lot more intricate details and stuff to my movements. And so anyway, um, I recognized that that what if if I would have stepped into that, it would have killed me, mm-hmm. um, or it would have sent me on such a dark spiral of like self-worth and substance and all, all different kinds of things that would have distracted me from my calling. But it was, it was not even, it wasn't even like uh distracting from the calling yet. Like, yes, obviously, but it was sacrificing the calling. Mm. It was like the, the kind of like the anointing moving from Saul to David kind of a thing. It's like it, 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 it didn't kill him, but he kind of wished that it did. Yeah. It's like you're, you're, you move to be like the hollow shell of what once was. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, you're walking around as this like lifeless zombie kind of a thing. And I, and I was in, in real time was looking at people that that gave it up, mm-hmm. but they gave it up for other things that were like, quote unquote, lesser. Like this yeah. was the big thing to like, to actually contemplate giving it up. And I was like around those people that were the hollow shells. And so, so yeah, that what if was like, like playing out the big picture is like, well, it probably would have killed me. It probably would have spiraled, you know, like I just crazy man kind of a Mm -hmm. thing. But also like if I would have done that, then I would have never been here. I would have never met my wife. I would have never reconnected with my best friend. I would have never, never found, um, a redemptive relationship with somebody who I deem as like, um, uh, a, a brother. Yeah. Um, I have a father relationship, um, for, for the first time I have mm-hmm. healthy community and I, I was so, I was so dead set on, this is my purpose to shine for, for two seconds to give somebody hope or whatever, and yeah. kill myself, essentially, yeah. in that season of life, that I never contemplated that, like, like I could go get healthy, and it could be different, and I could still, like, step into calling, and it could be just as effective, and, and, and in fact, it'd be more effective, because it would be, like, long-term, instead of just, like, a bright light for two seconds kind yeah. of a deal, but yeah, that what if, that what if used to kind of keep me up at night, of like, oh my goodness, like, I, I saw how far my hands could take me, and then, like, like the surrendering and like truly stepping into it um, and what, what's, what my life in his hands is. Yeah. Yeah. My tangent. That's good. It's real good. Yeah. I think it's the, I think your story perfectly kind of helps us see like, man, run to purpose as fast as possible in whatever season of life you you're in, like I think the reason the 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 worst kinds of what ifs haunt us most is one of two reasons. We either knew the thing to do and we just chose not to. Like you knew it. Like it wasn't like ethereal for you. It was just crystal clear. Like you knew it was a problem. step you were supposed to take and you chose not to and thus all the domino effects that followed happened. Or <clears throat> we didn't ask the questions we needed to before we got to the fork in the road. Sure. And so it, we didn't know it, but the reason we didn't know it was because we ran from trying to figure out what it is exactly we're wanting to do. It's like getting in college and spending two years racking up college debt and still having absolutely no clue whatsoever. Right. What it is you want to do? It's like, right. man, I'm just, I'm just poor now. <laughs> right. 
I didn't get any closer to anything. And I think um, if you're going to know how much something's going to haunt you um, as far as like a what if is concerned, you have to first know what it is you want to do. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> and I like being in church, being a human, having three kids, being a student pastor. Um, I am, I, I am, I am constantly shocked at how little we value purpose as humanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just, we're so comfortable being just like ants. I just kind of live. We build, we tear down, 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 and we die one day. Yeah. And hopefully we build more than we tore down. Yeah. And like that that's the totality of our life. Right. It's just so sad. There's almost like an obsession over the image of purpose instead of actually living in purpose. Oh, that is so true. Right. Yeah, it's like yeah, I want the facade of having achieved great things right. without doing any of the real, yeah. you know, work of doing great things. Right. And it just it it's just so easy. Like it's so easy to do it. It's so easy right. to like like it's so easy to just tell yourself like I'm chasing purpose. That's exactly what I'm right. doing. This is this that's what all this is. That's what the 60 exactly. hours a week right. away from my family is doing. It's it's right. it's, it's it's chasing purpose. It's like it's not though. Like, but it was at one point. That's why it's crazy. It's so daggum subtle. You start with the best possible intentions, but then like the work becomes more important than the thing you're working for. Right. Yeah. And so like right. somewhere along the way, I lost the fact that it actually was about my kids. Right. Yeah. It became about status. It became about achieving. It became about 401ks. It became about this. It became about that. But it was so subtle. It was such a slow process over time. And you blink and you you miss purpose again. And I, I, I think whatever we can do to keep purpose in front of us, we need to do. Whatever mm. routines we need to create to try to make sure that we're living life on purpose with the purpose, I think that's the way you get to you in your life. You don't have a whole lot of one-ifs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're not the 80-year-old on their deathbed just wishing to God that God could give them a redo. Right. I don't want to get to 80 and want a redo, man. Right. I don't. Absolutely. That's terrifying. So how do we get to 80 and not want to redo? I like I like what you said um, earlier, and I actually had it written down as I was, like, processing, so it didn't, like, leave me. <laughs> but, like, being open to experience and, like, just being open to it. Yeah. Um, that was like, it was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's I can do that. I can be open to what's happening or in this room or whatever. Um, no, that's so good. I think I, the longer I live, <clears throat> longer I live, I'm talking like I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 29. <clears throat> but nevertheless, the longer I live, there is an increasingly less, less and less amount of curiosity around me. Mm. And it makes me really sad. Right. Like I, I find less and less people asking questions. Right. intrigued it's like it's like we have more and more certainty more and more confidence more and more bravado more and more i'm right you're wrong yeah. and it just makes me so sad because i think so many of the most beautiful moments in life are tied to the fact that i was curious right yeah. 
Like I just, I wanted to know, like I was right. fascinated right. by it. Like, 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 yeah, I mean, I, a large part of the church, me being in the church is I was just curious about what the heck it was and, and how it worked. Like, like, and, and, and one of my favorite things about being a parent is I'm surrounded by curiosity now. Yeah. Like, you know, like I've got three kids and all they ever do is ask questions. I mean, to some extent they got that from their dad, but like, they're just curious. They want to know why and right. what, and they're not afraid to like embrace the new because they want to know what it's like. It's like, oh, hey, I want to cook that. Oh, hold up. You're not even like tall enough to reach this. Yeah. You're burnt, but like you just want to because you're curious. And I think for me, man, if we could see curiosity as a superpower yes. and cultivate that in our life, I think right. it, I, I, whatever the percentage chances are, you get to the end of your life and you want to redo. I am convinced curiosity in and of itself cuts that percentage down a ton. Like if you want to know why people are the way they are, why they work, what makes them tick, why you chose blue versus green. Mm -hmm. Like if you are curious and you allow that curiosity to get you into different rooms, different experiences, different perspectives, I think what you're doing is setting yourself up to find more and more purpose. Yeah. And it can look different because now you're curious instead right. of trying to get to the first solution you can as fast as possible and just marry that thing for the rest of your life. Yeah. So to answer your question, I think curiosity, I, I, I fundamentally believe that like curiosity should be a core tenet of a human being's life. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a byproduct, a, a byproduct, a byproduct of curiosity too, of like having that almost like a heart position of curiosity is like, like I had written down like learning, learning empathy and then like, like out of empathy, learning grace. And it's like, well, if I can have grace for them, I can have grace for me. And then you can simultaneously feed that with like a process of truth as well. But also like in the midst of walking that out too, you're, you're finding out how to set boundaries and how to say no um, in the midst of that too. But if you're never curious, if you're never curious there's not those don't in my opinion they don't that doesn't happen yeah like you never get to those those levels and stuff like that of of like well if i'm if i'm not curious about another person's life experience or whatever then i'm never who who needs empathy who needs who needs i don't need to have grace for them because who cares yeah um yeah and then like like the set like the bound like saying learning how to set boundaries and learning how to say no (laughs) that's that's grace for you too yeah. Um, but anyway, though, I feel like those, the byproduct out of curiosity and stuff, it's kind of what come to mind. I th- sorry. Uh, I think, uh, I think the reason why you're curious about something is generally, generally because you think that there's a potential for purpose in it. And so like the idea that the more things that I can be curious about means that like there are more things around me that potentially have purpose, like to see life like that, instead of seeing life, like I found the path is this one path it's really like straight and it's really narrow and everything <laughs> else around it is is dumb and like pointless. Right. Like I think if you do that, you're going to find out that life is really numb. It's really dull. It's really boring. Right. Um, but if you can see life, if, if you can, if you can, see, if you can be curious about the things that you think will bring you purpose, I'm not saying not to find something because obviously I'm following Jesus. So I found a path that I think is true and it's right and it's the path that I'm on but if I see everything as potential to take me further down that path Mm. instead of seeing 
life like I've already been on the end of the finish line, right. then I think every just life in general seems to have more purpose right. because there's potential for purpose all around. Like there's always something that can take me further into my walk with Jesus. Right. And the idea of that just gives life more color. I love that so much. <clears throat> Man, I love that so much. Yeah, I think there's something. I'm I'm gonna give some. I'm gonna give a really practical one. Let's go. I think. Because <laughs> um, there are some things about purpose that I believe are universally true. I don't believe you can find purpose in something that's only about you. I co-sign that yeah. at all. Faith, no faith, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. It, 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 like I don't, I don't believe it is possible for you to find purpose in something where you are the sole and primary beneficiary of it. However, I do think that purpose will always be tied to the people around you being better. Like, 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 uh, there's something innate in purpose that calls you to people. Like, yeah. it, it calls you to change. It calls you to making things better. Like. <clears throat> when you think of the great causes in the world, they all affect people. <clears throat> if I'm someone and I'm trying to figure out the question you asked where it's like, well, how do I not get to the end of my life and want to redo? I would always have something in my life that I do that is just simply for other people. Yeah. Just something like it could be any number of things. So it's like, I guess the practical application would be for you to just to find a thing in your life where you can, love and support people because you want to love and support them, not because you get any like accolade right. for it or any number of like, like kickback benefit. But like, yeah. there's something so healthy about having areas of your life where you just, you serve, man. Like we had a guy come in a couple of weeks ago and he was, he's, 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 he's what I would deem to be pretty wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, man, I really just, like I heard a story um, and like, I'm just checking to see like, Hey, like how can I help? They <clears throat> basically heard that there was like a, a single mom had a bunch of kids and uh, just, she wasn't doing very well. She was working through um, like bridges out of poverty and just trying mm-hmm. to get her life back on track, kind of get on her feet. So he came to the church. He's like, Hey man, I, I know it's not like a crazy amount, but man, I just really feel like God is, it's kind of leading me to like, like support her well. So like, I'd really like to just give you guys like a thousand dollars and like, can y'all get that to her? Like mm-hmm. hook her up. And uh, I was like, oh, that's dope. But the best part of it is like, but what I need you to make sure she doesn't know who sent it. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone else to know who sent it. Mm-hmm. This is just me and y'all and God. It's the only people I need. And it's like stuff like that, bro. Yeah. That's how you don't get to end your life. And want to redo. And yeah. it doesn't always have to be money. It just happened to be in this particular moment. But having stuff like that, like looking for areas in your life where you can just do good for people because you know you're supposed to do good for people. Yeah. And it's that simple for you. And it's like, I I, I think that's how you do that. Yeah. And I think it looked different, but I think that would be a great homework for everybody. It's like, when's the last time you did something that you weren't the primary the beneficiary of it? Yeah. You know, when's the last time you did something just because it was right? Yeah. Just because it was good, just because it was love. And if it's been a while, you know, maybe this week. Yeah. Get creative, find a way to go love somebody. Mm-hmm. That's good. Try it. Be curious. Yeah. Go forth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this is a good place to end this thing. And would it? 
Thank you guys for talking with me today. And thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Love you guys. Love you. Love you.